Well, good morning, countryside. Wasn't it exciting to see all those men up here? I tell you what, when the men rise up at countryside, look out. Because the women have been risen up for a long time. So we're up there. We're ready to catch up with you ladies. God is so good. How many are looking forward to the Thanksgiving this Thursday? Oh. My mom just makes this really, really incredible homemade dressing. And then the, the gravy goes on it. Um, then we have the potatoes with a little extra butter and giblet gravy. The homemade pecan pie. You know, I normally don't get emotional up here, but when I start thinking about the Thanksgiving dinner I'm going to have, it makes me a little weepy. But I want to encourage everyone, enjoy your family this, this Thursday. Always thank God for his goodness. We serve a great God who's so good to us. I loved how worship went today with God is so, so good. And we don't just need to thank him on Thanksgiving week. We need to thank him every single day. How many of you brought your Bibles today? Let's hold up the word of God. Father, we thank you for your word. Feed us today. Lead us today. Anoint us today. Draw us closer to you through your word, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to welcome all those that are watching online. You're part of our family. If you're watching on the replay later in the week, there's a lot of you that do that. We love you. We appreciate who you are, and you're part of our family. Those that are watching from the ladies at the Pinellas County Jail, come on, ladies. We're glad you're watching as well. This is Attacking Anxiety Week 3. Anxiety. It could be psychologically, it could be physiologically, it could be emotional. It can attack us in so many ways, but I believe it's always spiritual. And so I'm not a doctor, I'm not prescribing you anything. Thank God you wouldn't want me to be your doctor. But what I'm prescribing you is what a pastor is gonna prescribe to you. And that we're gonna look at things God's way with our anxiety, how to deal with it, how to grow, how not to be stuck, how to be all that God's called us to be. I wanna, I wanna thank you, church, for allowing me to share my personal struggles with this subject. Um, you know, I talk to pastors all the time, and they say, I really can't be transparent with my church. They expect me to be perfect. And I say to them, oh, I'm so glad my church knows that I'm not perfect. Can you say amen to that? <laughs> and I appreciate you being open without judgment, just receiving what I have to say, seeing the growth that I've had. It's been part of my healing to be able to share this as well. So I just want to honor you and thank you for that. Paul, in Philippians chapter 4, he's sharing with us what his desire is when he attacks anxiety for us to rejoice. We see Paul's greatest desire was to be an evangelist in Rome. That's what he wanted to do. With his life, that was his dream. Have anybody ever dreamed big dreams? I want to encourage you, if you haven't, start dreaming them because God wants us to dream big. And Paul here, instead of being able to evangelize Rome, Rome was such a strategic place to evangelize. That's where all of commerce was happening in those days. He knew if he was able to reach the most influential people in Rome of that day, he'd be able to influence the entire world with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But here he was. He was in a Roman jail, chained to a Roman guard, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and he could have looked at that and said, I can't believe it. God, you let me down. God, I can't believe it. You told me to do this, and now here I am doing this. 
But instead of allowing anxiety to overcome him, instead of allowing depression to hit him, instead of allowing the things that the enemy wants us to be attacked with, Paul had a totally different perspective of what God was gonna do in him and through him in that jail in Rome. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I know I take that, you know, normally things aren't said twice, but this is almost like your mama talking to you. You ever have that when you were growing up? Glenn, take out the trash. Again, I say, take out the trash. She wants it to get inside me. Don't forget, this is something that's big. And that's why Paul said he knew that there were gonna be people that were gonna go through all kinds of stress, problems, hurt, disappointment. But here he says, no matter what, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say, rejoice. It sounds like such an easy thing to do. It's a great refrigerator magnet, that verse, isn't it? To wake up in the morning to see that, to have a coffee mug, you're getting your brew on in the morning. Oh, praise God, I'm gonna rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Sounds good. But when trouble hits, it's not always so easy, is it? When the discouragement hits, when the anxiety hits, when the stress hits, when we're feeling overwhelmed, when we're feeling discouraged, you know, we don't really wanna look at a refrigerator magnet that says that. You know, last week I talked about my flat tire light coming on to fill the air up. Remember that last week? And I had to pay $1.50 for air? Well, it got worse after Sunday. You know, the enemy likes to attack the pastor with whatever he preaches on. It's unbelievable. So on Monday, my wife says, my light came on. I said, which light? I think it's the tire light. I said, okay, it's $1.50. I'm gonna suck it up. And people said, I know, they were hitting my wall on Facebook. It's free at Wawa's. Yeah, but there's a long line for the free air at Wawa's. And so she went, she took it to Goodyear. There was a screw going in sideways. It was this massive screw, so it wasn't $1.50 air. It was a nearly $300 tire after preaching about this. Lord, I'm not bitter. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. $300. She happened to have a tire. They said there's a shortage and there's only one tire in America that they have that would be this exact tire. I'm like, put on a different tire then, whatever. Let's just get this thing done. Then on Wednesday night, Wednesday night, I get a call from my daughter, Noel. Normally it's an hour. This was a one minute call. Dad, my light came on, I think. I said, send me a picture. I'm like, yep, that was your light. So I came in. Saw the kids in the youth group, greeted the security guys that are making kids stay in the youth group. Um, it was a great night. Friendsgiving for the women. You, women have a good time on Wednesday night. I saw the crowd in the parking lot. It was good. And so I took it down. I'm like, I'm not going to Thornton's again. I'm not going to Wawa's because of the line. But I'm gonna go to Speedway, right up the street. It's close. And as I was there, I pull in and they have the exact same machine as Thornton's. Another $1.50 I have to charge. When do you start charging $1.50? I've charged $3 in air in the last week. I look down, she's got a nail. 
I'm like, don't cry, it's gonna be okay, let's take a good year. It happened to be able to get fixed, it was 30 bucks. So I'm gonna be much more careful with what I share with my illustrations from now on. Because it started out as $1.50 and ended up costing me nearly $350. But God is good. God, you're good. I praise you. I praise you, Lord. So it's easy to praise God and have the perspective of praise when things are going good. But sometimes things aren't going good. Is it easy to rejoice in the Lord when your spouse lies to you? Or you get the cancer diagnosis or your family member gets diagnosed with a disease or maybe your best friend betrays you, your boyfriend cheats on you, you find out that your child is doing drugs as an addict and you can't make your rent this month, is God still good? Are you gonna rejoice in the Lord when you can't sleep at night and you're overwhelmed with anxiety? It's not always easy to rejoice in the Lord, always. Again, I say rejoice, but I wanna encourage you today. Change your perspective from having a perspective of being overwhelmed and looking at all those things I just mentioned, we're gonna look at what God wants us to look at and his goodness. And when we begin to change our perspective, it's gonna change so many things in our life. Philippians chapter four, we're gonna read this as we've read every week during this series. Starting in verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. How could Paul rejoice in the Lord when he's locked up I looked at what, it lo what the prisons were like and they were so bad, the conditions were so bad. You know, prison in America, they go and they work out and they come out looking like Atlas or something. It wasn't like that there. Oftentimes they were in their own human waste and it was dark and it was cold, it was dirty. They had nowhere to sleep except on a hardwood floor. Here he was. And what did Paul say? He says, my dream was to preach to Rome, but instead God did even better than that. He allowed me to be chained to prison guards, the most influential prison guards in all of Rome that I get to minister to 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They think that I'm the prisoner? Oh no, those prison guards are the prisoner because they're gonna hear about Jesus day in and day out. It's all about perspective. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today. The difference between focusing on our problems, complaining at our problems, being stuck in our problems and our anxieties, or having the perspective of whatever is put before me, I'm gonna praise God and I'm gonna give him thanks. The word perspective, it means how you see something. It's the same Latin word that means perceive or to look through. Oftentimes we just look on the surface of the issue and the problem and we get, can't get past the initial, what we see, what we feel, how it's gonna impact us. But when we look through the issue and we look at what God's doing in the midst of the issue and as we go through the pain, then it makes us stronger and it makes us better. We can have a perspective of fear and anxiety or a perspective of praise and thanksgiving. Right now I wanna read out of Philippians chapter one, starting in verse 12. 
I'm gonna read to you today out of the BPV version. Oftentimes I use the New Living Translation, the NLT, the NIV Translation, which is the New International Version, King James Version, the New King James Version. There's so many translations that are out there. Today is probably the only day I'm ever gonna read from the BPV Version. That is the bad perspective version. It's not real. But this is something that Paul, he had every right to feel the things in this bad perspective version, but he chose not to. This is what he could have, could have said. This is what he could have written. Thank God that he didn't. But he could have said, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me really stinks. God let me down. I'm overwhelmed with anxiety, depression, and hopelessness. Because of the hell that I've been through, I'm quitting my small group, and I'm not going to church anymore, especially Countryside Christian Center with that tall guy. He could have said that, but Paul didn't look at his circumstances with complaining. He looked at his circumstances as an opportunity to praise his God. So the real version here in Philippians 1.12, it says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. So many of us, we have a perspective of pain. We feel like our dreams are over. God, where are you? I'm alone. Why am I still single? Why did I lose the baby? Why am I broke? Why am I at a place where I have no friends? I can't sleep. Sometimes I can't breathe because I'm overwhelmed. And when we look at that, that's right where the enemy wants us to be. Because pain builds. Negativity builds. And that's what leads to anxiety, which leads to depression, which leads to all the pain that so many of us are stuck in. God wants us to have a perspective of praise. See, when Paul was arrested, maybe he was tempted to think bad, but Paul thought on the things of God. His attitude was, here I am, but God, no weapon formed against me is gonna prosper. God, I see you for who you are. All the good things in my life comes from you. All good things work together for good to those who are loved and called by you according to your purpose. What is your perspective? Here he is, influencing the leaders of Rome every day, and he sees it as an opportunity instead of a problem. But you see, this wasn't Paul's first time in prison. Paul went through so many things. I'm sure at the end of his life, here he was waiting to be freed. He was gonna be executed, which eventually, he just had so many things. He was shipwrecked. While he was shipwrecked, he was just standing at a fire. And he's looking at a fire, and a snake comes out and bites him on the hand. Now, at that point, if I'm shipwrecked and I'm cold and I'm just trying to get, get warm, trying to get to a place where maybe I could reach some praise, and I'm like, oh, Lord, thank you for this fire, and then a snake bites me? Whoa. Stretch your hands, Pastor Glenn, again. No, I'm just kidding. So Acts chapter 16. Here we are with Paul and Silas, his good friends. They were on their way to a place that was called a house of prayer. They were going to their small group. It's so important to be in a group. Here's Paul and Silas heading to their small group to get prayer going, 
And while they were there, they saw a woman that was possessed by an evil spirit. They delivered the woman that was possessed by the evil spirit. But then what happened? When they started doing good, the enemy didn't like it. And there was a riot that happened in that town. All the people came out and there was a big riot. In verse 22, it says, the crowd joined in on the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. Stripped and beaten with rods. Bloodied, broken, hurt. They did nothing wrong. They were doing everything right. They were just witnessing and praying and seeking the face of God, trying to make a difference with the good news in their community. But the enemy's right there to attack and beat them. Some of you today, you may feel that you're being stripped by the enemy, stripped of your confidence, stripped of your peace, joy. Some of you feel like, what is joy? See, that's right where the enemy wants us to be. Or maybe you're beaten down with discouragement, doubts, and worries. Here, Paul and Silas, they weren't just made fun of. They weren't just talked about at work because they had a Bible in the break room. They were beaten, broken, bloodied, and thrown into the most disgusting prison that there could be, cold floor, broken ribs, broken nose, You can only think about all that they've gone through. They were wrongly accused, violently beaten, and in the middle of that, they didn't complain. They didn't go, Silas, Paul didn't say this. He didn't say, Silas, maybe we should have just stayed home and prayed there. You know what they said? Paul said, you know what, in the middle of what we're going through here, you know what I wanna do, Silas? I know it's not Wednesday, but Let's have a little worship Wednesday right here in jail. You see, instead of complaining, instead of just sitting there with the pain and discouragement and feeling hopeless, we feel hopeless with our stuff. Think about what they felt like. Their very lives were on the line. But there they were, worshiping God with this perspective of praise and thanksgiving in the middle of the darkest time of need. There they were. In my darkest time of need, In my darkest times of anxiety, God met me right where I was. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to preach on Sunday. I didn't want to talk to friends. I wanted to just be alone in my hurt. But I'm so thankful that God loved me enough that he wouldn't let me just be alone in my hurt. Elaine would say, come on, you need to go worship. I'm like, I don't want to worship. I'm tired. Another thing, don't add that to my list. But you know, when I did that and I stepped out, God met me right where I was. And he began to show and open my eyes to all the good things that were in my life. My kids, my wife, my friends, the church. Oh my goodness, I'm so thankful for this church and for each one of you, your prayers, your love and your support. And it showed me, Glenn, get your eyes off of the pain and get your eyes on God because he's been so good to you. Quit whining. I'm talking to me, I'm not talking to you. Quit whining, quit complaining, quit being stuck, quit feeling overwhelmed, and begin to praise the living God who loves you, who is not done with you yet. I felt like used goods, how could God use me? 
I'm all used up. Nobody's gonna want me. But God met me right where I was and spoke and said, oh, your greatest days are not behind you, Davis. Your greatest days are in front of you. And I wanna speak that over you today. No matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, you feel like your best days are behind you. I speak in the name of Jesus. Your best days are right in front of you. Get your eyes off of your hurt and your problems and your anxieties. Get your eyes on a God that is not done with you yet in Jesus' name. Verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners, they were listening. They were bound, but they, weren't, they were still praising. Nothing was gonna hold them back. God knows what they were going through. And you see, here they were in the middle of their pain, being locked up, and they still praised God, not for what he could do, but because of who he was. So often we're willing to praise God. God, I praise you because you're about to bless me. You're about to set me free. You're about to break the chains. We need to start praising God because God is good. God is our savior. God is our redemptor. He's he bring, brought redemption to us. But you see, the guards made a big mistake with Paul and Silas. They should have separated them. But instead, they were together. You see, that's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to be alone, separated from our group, separated from our church, separated from our friends, because the enemy's a sniper. It's much easier for him to take that dart, that pain, that shame, that hurt, and shoot us when we're all alone. But when we're together, there's power in agreement. There's power in unity. So here's the spoiler alert. At the end of the story, during their worship, the earthquake came, the doors were open, the chains came loose. Why does this matter so much? It's because when Paul wrote Philippians, once again, he was a prison. Once again, he was shackled, but praised him. God blessed him in the middle of his pain. The perspective of praise. I want to, this is a scripture that we saw. It says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what has happened has actually served to advance the gospel. You know, it's easy for me to look back. Why did I go through what I went through? I was a pastor. I was being obedient. I was being what God called me to be. But because of what I went through, every detail of what I've gone through in my life was for a purpose. Because after all I went through, I now have more compassion than I've ever had for people that are hurting. Because of what I've gone through, I'm now stronger than I've ever been because of what I've been through. God's redeemed me from the things that I went through and he's laid me up and said, the last two years have been the greatest years of ministry in my life because God wasn't done with me yet. So let's read this, Acts 16, verses 25 and 26. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, everyone say suddenly. How many loves when God does a suddenly in your life? Oh, thank God for the suddenly. There was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors fell open and the, everyone's chain came loose. Midnight, Paul, Silas, worshiping God, and boom, God showed up. 
in the middle of our praise, in the middle of our worship, no matter what we feel or what we see, boom, God is gonna show up in your life and he's gonna do a miracle. We've gotta trust him. We've gotta believe him. Now, you know what I wanna do? I wanna, I wanna visual, I want you to visualize. I wanna give you an illustration here of kind of what they were going through. Pastor Elena, are you back there? Oh, what a surprise you are. Pastor Elena, I want to call you Silas. Maybe I'll call her Silas. <laughs> Silas, you know, here, let me wipe that blood off. I know you're hurting. I'm hurting too. But I don't know how you feel. I feel like praising God. How about you? I feel like praising God. Well, what a shock. You know what I want to do? It's... I don't know, I don't know if you know this, because here we are in Bible times, broken, bleeding, on a cold floor, by ourselves in this jail cell. But you know there's a song that that church in Clearwater Countryside Christian Church has been singing, they're really into it. It's called Waymaker? Do you know yeah, that song? Yeah, I think song? I know that one, yeah. You know, I think in the middle of our hurt, pain, anxiety, you know what I think I wanna do if you know it? I don't want to sit here and sulk in our hurt. I want to offer praise to a God that's so worthy of our praise. Why don't you lead us in that for a second? Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you You know, we start worshiping God and we start giving Him praise, the entire atmosphere changes. They begin to sing hymns to the Lord. The earthquake hits, the prison shakes, the doors fly open, chains are broken at that moment as they praise God together. I want you to know today, I've been praying. I believe that there are spiritual chains that are literally breaking off this congregation right now. The key to your miracle, the key to your miracle is to praise God right where you are. Come on, do you want to worship the Lord together today, church? If He breaks me, I'm going to worship Him. If He heals me, I'm going to worship Him. If I'm alone, I'm going to worship Him. I'm going to worship Him if I have a lot. If I have a little, I'm going to praise my God. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I'm going to praise Him when the world fights against me. I'm going to praise Him when I'm waiting. I'm going to praise Him when the suddenlies happen. I'm going to praise Him when I feel Him. I'm going to praise Him when I don't feel anything. I'm going to praise Him in our prosperity. I'm going to praise Him in the pain. Let's praise God for who He is and not what He is today. Even when I don't see it, when I don't feel it, you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see it, you're working Even when I don't feel it, you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see it,
no matter what you're going through. We're all going through different things. We're not alone in this pain. We live in a sick, evil world, broken beyond belief. And this world was created to make broken people. But you know what I say? It's time for God to take the broken parts of our heart, to heal it, to make it new, to make it whole. But the key is we've got to stop looking at the pain. We've got to start forgiving. We've got to start loving. We've got to start letting God have it. Because when we give it to God, He makes things new. If you're feeling that hurt, praise Him. You're feeling discouragement today, praise Him. You're feeling doubt in your heart, praise Him. You're worried about your kids and what's going on with them, praise Him. You're worried about your finances, God's bigger than your finances. I want you to know that. Begin to praise Him. You're dealing with discouragement. He's the glory and the lifter of our heads. Praise Him. Church, no matter what you're going through, God is bigger than what you're going through today. Let's praise Him some more. Come on. invite you to speak to the depths of our heart this morning. I want everybody just to put your hands over your heart. I just speak to those hearts that have been broken through divorce. Father, bring healing to the hurt, the rejection, the betrayal, the pain, the joy that's been robbed. Father, restore. I pray, God, that you would restore that joy 100-fold. 
I pray, God, that you would make things new in those families and those situations right now. I pray, God, those that have been betrayed by friends today, Lord, help us to trust again. Lord, help us to trust you. Sometimes we've been wounded by people and it spills into our relationship with you because we just want to hold on to things. Father, help us today to let go of that hurt, that betrayal, that friendship, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would bring new friends into their lives right now. Friends that are real, friends that are trustworthy. Father, those that have been struggling with jobs, Father, there's people in here that are overqualified and not even being offered a job. Father, I pray right now it wouldn't just be a job that they would get. It would be a position. It would be a position of leadership, a position of blessing. In fact, I pray blessing financially over this congregation. We will not walk in a lack of abundance anymore. Father, you've overcome the enemy. And I thank you, Lord, as we put you first in every area of our life, including our finances, pour out your blessing on your people, I pray. Father, those that walk in shame, Father, take that shame. I pray that you would throw that shame as far as the east is from the west. Father, when we accept you as our Lord and Savior and we make you God, thank you that we have a clean slate. The former things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Father, let your people feel the newness and the freshness in their walk with the Lord today. Father, those that are locked in anxiety, those that are locked in fear, those that are locked in discouragement and depression. I bind the spirit of depression in Jesus' name. I bind the spirit of fear in Jesus' name. I bind anxiety in Jesus' name. And I loose the Holy Spirit in this place. I loose the peace that passes all understanding in this place. Let the joy of the Lord be our strength. We walk in faith no longer in fear. God, you've not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So today, renew our hearts. Make our hearts stronger than there ever have been before because that's what you do, God. You're better than we could ever think or imagine. And we trust you with every area of our hearts today. Heal. Renew, I pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, before we dismiss today, you know, there's some people, they say, well, it's a great church service. It's great to worship. It's great to hear the music. Some of you are here today and you wonder, why am I even here? This is why you're here. I want you to hear this next one minute. You're here because God loves you. God has a plan for you. He purposed before the foundations of the world for you to be here today in this service because he wants to free you from fear and anxiety. But more than that, he wants a relationship with you. Imagine a relationship with Almighty God through his son, Jesus Christ, just for you. It's a gift, but like every gift, it has to be received. And that's my question to you today. Do you receive the gift of salvation? Do you receive the gift of forgiveness? Do you receive the gift of redemption? It comes through surrendering our hearts to Jesus Christ. 
by saying, God, I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. My life is yours. When you begin to live your life for Christ, every area of your life begins to fall into place. It doesn't mean it's easy, but I don't want easy. I want blessed. I know what the world has to offer. I want to live an anointed life with purpose and with a calling. That's what God offers you through salvation. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Glenn, that's what I want, that's what I need, that's why I'm here. When I count to three, will you just raise your hand up high? One, two, hands are already going up. Three, raise it up high. Will you look at me? God bless you, I see, yes, yes, yes. It's a new day, it's a new life that God has for you. Hands all over, look at me when you do, please. I wanna pray for you. I'm not gonna call you out, but I'm gonna pray. It's a new day, it's a new day. It's a new day for your families. It's a new day, men of God, women of God. It's a new day. Receive it, receive the blessing that God has for you. I see your hands over on this side. Raise it up high, look at me if you would. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. I see your hands and yours and yours and yours and yours. God's moving in countryside, church, come on. God's moving in this place. Can we all pray together for the sake of all those that raised their hands today? Lord Jesus, thank you. You're the giver of life. And I receive salvation today. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I give you every area of my life. And I thank you that the joy that comes, the blessings that come, the good things in my life come from you. Today, I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, my God, and my very best friend. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. Love one another. Pastor Tim is gonna pronounce a blessing over you. God bless you. God is good, amen. Amen. Please remain standing with me to receive your blessing. And if you are on the altar prayer team, would you please come forward now? If you have any needs of prayer before you leave in just a moment, would you please come see one of these altar prayer team members? They would lift you up. And if you raised your hand to receive Jesus and said that prayer for the first time, please come up. Don't leave before speaking to one of these folks and receiving a gift that we have for you. I receive your blessing now. Would you lift up your hearts before him or lift up your hands? May the Lord bless you in every circumstance, every trial, every lack of self-confidence, every pain. May he bless you that all of that would be turned to a perspective of praise. May you know how loved you are how favored you are. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful Sunday, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving.